time for the Make Us a Mixtape podcast, which has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the song similarly named Make Me a Mixtape by The Promise Ring, who we love. My name is Paul Farvar. I'm Marty DeRosa. And we have a banger of an episode ready for you today. Right, Marty? Uh, it hasn't gotten certification yet in the mail. As far uh, as it's not yet a certified banger, but the, the buzz on the music chat rooms that we <laughs> live in uh, the music discords that only insiders are allowed. Like ourselves. Yes, yes, are allowed access to. And people have been asking how to get on the mixtape uh, podcast. And uh, they say, do you have to be an insider like Marty and yourself? I've been asked that. And I say, no, you don't have you to. You don't be. have to. It's not a lot of people can be. Yeah. How many years do you think it takes to become uh, a music insider like yourself? I mean, if you've watched every VH1 behind the music, <laughs> if you've read multiple music books... Uh, if you've seen um, Metallica, some kind of monster. Yes. I mean, these are the things you have to right. know about. If I come in here and, and you know, Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo comes off the street uh, and I say, oh, what would you think of that uh, that VH1 storytellers? And they go, what is a VH1 What's storyteller? Yeah. Next. If you don't know that VH1 was the old person's music channel. <laughs> Which is ironic because now that age demographic is ours. Well, I, you know what? Well, I we were watching it. I would have loved a VH1 for me right now. You know, like, oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Taking Back Sunday on VH1 Storytellers tonight. I would love that. Oh, I wonder if that genre it would now be on VH1. I mean, because time wise, that would you make never sense. Never know, Paul. But enough about us. But that's Paul. one way to become enough a man, about us. Yes, that's one way to become an insider. And the other way, as we've discussed before, is to be a musician. Though do the real work. Yeah. Yeah, like for myself. Sure. And like our next guest, um, this is uh, this is a treat for me. Uh, this guy who uh, Paul is so excited. <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, I won't even talk about the mix yet, but just about the person himself. I have a couple relics to because I was trying to figure out how we met and everything. You looked it over here. So in front of me, I have a bottle of wine which is now drunk, drunken from 2004 from oh the my. band Burn Rome Burn. Holy, 16 years old. Why bottle. did you keep that? Uh, they gave it this band that uh, our guest well, it's was in. and stuff. Okay. Uh, we signed a deal apparently in 2004 to be their manager. The band no longer exists, but the front man of the band is sitting with us today. Also, uh, he also and that band also appeared on uh, a brief but amazing compilation of CDs called the Summer and Winter Shut Sessions of Shushan Boy Productions, wow. sponsored by Sam Adams. The Pontiac Cafe Summer Session. Pontiac <laughs> Cafe is no longer wow. in existence. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I managed bands with you. I was your lawyer on your other projects, uh, Paper Arrows, uh, Burn, Rome, Burn. Um, just extremely talented. One of my uh, favorite uh, musicians that... I don't know. You should be much bigger. I feel like it's my fault that you're <laughs> a, a household name. Joe Goodkin. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you guys for, for having us. me. Welcome, Joe. Joe. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel when people say you should be bigger? Um, I mean, I'm six two, right, and right. I, I, um, I, you know, I drank a lot of milk, and yeah. I feel like if you average out my parents' height on the the chart, I'm okay. right where I should be. Okay. You're taller than your dad. I'm slightly taller. Yeah, than Yeah, I my remember dad. your dad yeah. would come to shows. Yeah, he uh, maybe a quarter inch, but that's important. And yeah, sort well, of, with your hair. It's yeah, yeah, right. six eight with afro, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I like that. It's deflection right out, right out <laughs> of the gate. Let's not get serious. Let's not think about our career in this existential time of dread. Uh, but no, for real. When someone yeah. says like, "How? How? Why aren't you bigger?" Like, how do? You, how, what do? You, how do you take that? Um, I kind of take it as. Uh, 
in a weird way, it's like a compliment. If you're still doing it and people yeah. think you should be bigger, that means you've just sort of carved your own way of doing it. There and you go. Most of the shit that happens, we can swear? Yeah, for sure. Okay, fuck. Um, most of the stuff that happens that's about success isn't stuff that people see anyway. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, there are people that you're like, you think are big mm-hmm. that probably make yeah. half as mu- as much as musicians or whatever that, mm-hmm. that you know you don't know about so yeah and yeah. it's like how do you because I, I love uh pro wrestling and, and a, yeah. a wrestler who's been uh doing his thing for over a decade has i'm sure financially he could retire tomorrow he'd be fine but because uh you know he doesn't get wins on tv he was like, yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I was like, oh, really wouldn't brag about yeah, that. Right. It's like, you dumb piece of shit. Well, yeah. and I'm sure you guys with comedy, it's like, right. you know, at some point you realize it's kind of a blue collar job in its own way. Yeah. Not that, not to say that it's hard, like physically, although it's hard physically too, mm-hmm. but like nah, you get paid when you're working. Like yeah. there's yeah. not a lot of sleep money, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, and, and I mean, going back to uh, the stuff we've learned from watching behind the music and reading yeah. books is like, just because somebody is on TV or has a record deal or yeah. puts out albums, that doesn't mean they're like rich, you know, it's like, in fact, <laughs> they have to pay for all that, you know, those commercials, those ads in Rolling Stone magazine yeah. or the, you know, that they're paying for all that and they're paying for the production of their out. Like it's, it's crazy to think that just, well, it, record deals. Yeah. They're notorious yeah. for that. And so. how, and how much like we just think, well, they're doing this or whatever. And right. like you said, blue collar, there are more working musicians than, you know, rich, famous musicians. Absolutely. You know, well, uh, to, to, to clarify, I was talking about more being more of a household name, but right. in terms of monetizing your career and right. becoming a career artist, you've done that. Yeah. Um, he, you know, and that's something when I used to manage bands, we'd be like, "What are your goals?" And then we would try to carve out a plan. And for you guys, it wasn't really, or for you, you wanted to to just perform and yeah. and write great music, and you did that. And uh, but it, it's just so funny that you know that that album, Look Alive. Uh, I remember when you brought it into my uh, office and yeah. I was like, this is fucking amazing. People still discover it too. That's yeah. the weird thing about music mm-hmm. now is it's it's veering towards a place where it's actually just good to have a larger catalog out there because you never know what's going to float into yeah. an algorithm or somebody's going to find. And then if you have a big catalog, you know, you can monetize it then. It might yeah. be yeah. A, a decade later or there, more. And there's nothing better than stumbling upon somebody where you're like, oh, that was great. Right. And then you bring up their history and you're just like, oh, my God, look at these albums. That's exactly this right. Is so good. Yeah. And then people and you and you've had your music licensed. Yeah. Pretty often. I know on MTV and stuff like that. I think, Keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think I, I might have. I don't remember. What you reviewed that I, for I, sure. I reviewed that contract. But but anyway, going back to the podcast, uh, what about. Mixtapes. Yeah. Was that a part of your life growing up? Yeah, I was. I, I knew that question was going to come up. Um, yeah, definitely. And I was trying to think about the last time I made an actual physical, you know, cassette mixtape. I remember cassette. burning, burning. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I remember burning CDs and like yeah. in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. That was clearly like a big deal. Um, but I think I was still making cassette mixtape in the late nineties for sure. Yeah. When like, you when you travel with other musicians, uh, and you're like, oh, here, play this. Yeah. Is there like pressure? Like, oh, I hope they dig all these songs. Totally. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it, there's two. There's a couple different kinds of CD swaps, right? Like, there's ones where you're just like, cool, and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if you're, especially if it's somebody you respect and, and and you like sharing the stage with, I mean, you listen to their to their product and music, and you want them to listen to yours, and you you want the mutual respect. I mean, I'm, yeah. again, I'm sure it's just like being a comic on a bill. Like, mm-hmm. you want. It, there's a special sort of gratification from having somebody in the in the industry give you some kudos, right? Like, oh yeah, that's different. Yeah. Now, Paul, knowing Joe and knowing this mix, does it make sense? Is it like, oh, I it see. It does, and and it's funny because uh, 
the songs when I was listening to it. First of all, I want to say your mixtape uh, is one of the best we've had. Uh, Paul was gushing. I'm, I'm here though. We so. were texting <laughs> no, last no, night he about was it. gushing over it. Was, I was really excited. Our uh, test is if you add it to your like personal library, oh, cool. your own personal like mix. You got well, I would have just on. put my own shit on there if I knew that. Yeah. Was. <laughs> no, like my personal mixtape. Yeah. I have a hundred songs that I interchange yeah. and uh, I took out a few. One of them was already on my mix. Really? Yeah. We'll talk about that. And then uh, huh. two I added. What'd you take um, off? You remember? Uh, I took off some songs that had been there for a while. Uh, okay. One of them was like uh, Herman's Hermits. Uh, one of them was a song that uh, I think we was about to get cut was God in Chicago that, that I keep oh, yeah. on there because you introduced me to oh, it. Oh, that's the um, the lead singer from the Hold Steady? Yes. That, that yeah. song, th- I thought about putting that song on this really? because I think it has some of the Marty's. similar qualities with, with the li- lyrically. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a monster. I kept it's it on. a really cool song. Do yeah. you ever hear songs and you're just like, because there's jokes I'll hear sometimes where I'm like, why didn't I think of that joke? But song wise, you hear something and you're like. Uh, I wish I wrote that. Uh, oh, absolutely. And then it's almost like a challenge where you're just like, okay, like maybe, I, you know, if that guy can do that or that mm-hmm. girl can do that, then it opens up more doors. But that song is, is incredible. Like, Well, with, with your mixtape, uh, I will say this. Uh, the the first song, uh, we'll get into it in a second, uh, is... Uh, do you have it ready? I'm always ready. Oh, <laughs> I was just messing with you. I'm mess- Paul's in a weird, weird mood. He's not, he's not, you're not very messable with today. Oh, I'm just all business. I yeah, take things I seriously. I don't I know. know. I was wondering too when you're like when I came into your office, like I was trying to picture Paul's office, like all dark with like a lamp overhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, glass you, table. <laughs> you've got the goods, kid. Yeah, you got. This is what you're gonna do. Welcome I, I to show cigar. business. Unmarked, yeah. unmarked bills. It was. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, this the first artist you have is uh, Pedro the Lion, Yellow Bike, which is already on my mix. Okay, I uh, thought so. And that song. Um, well, uh, let's play a little. Paul's bit. been trying to push Pedro the Lion on me for yes. a long yeah. time now, so let's give it a listen. <laughs> On a desert Christmas morning, 1981, one month shy of six years old, in the valley of the sun. Amazing. Great opening, right? And the, and the, the thing about David Bazan, first of all, um, for this part's awesome, where he's like heart beating and the drums come in. Yeah, yep. that, that fucking gets me every time. So David Bazan, uh, Curse You Branches, uh, you introduced me to. I think I emailed you the file, or the Dylan song? No, was, the, yeah, the, the, man in, the Man in You, which is on it. there. No, what you did was back in the day, Marty, before this all started, uh, <laughs> Shoeshine Boy Productions, my music company, used to do top albums of the year. Mm-hmm. And we'd have all our artists and people in the music industry uh, give us their list, and we put it on our website. This was back when websites were popular. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> and you and someone else had it on there, and then I asked you about it. And then uh, you sent me the song. I was like, all right, I'm going to get into this. And David Bazan, the singer of Page of the Lion, Curse You Branches, is, w- is still one of the top yeah. 20 albums of all time, in my opinion. Yep. I've, to- I've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, it's a good song. There's I a, hear have it. you oh. seen the documentary, The Strange Negotiations? No, thing? what is that? It came out like last year. Um, and it's the story of him sort of like because he was a Christian artist when he started out. Yeah. And Curse You Branches is like he calls it his breakup album with God. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very anti. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> well, and, and yeah. he's like anti-organized. Well, so on. this documentary is essentially like his story of going away from the church and then going away from Pedro the Lion and all that entire 
you know, body of work, writing under his own name for a decade, and then coming back to the Pedro the Lion name just with this album. Um, and it, it's a, it's really, it's a great movie. What's it called? Strange Negotiations. I think it's, it's uh, on Netflix. Uh, if it's not on me TV, I can't. I don't have Netflix. <laughs> you had a Tubi guy. What? So why is this song? Uh, why is this? How'd you? pick this to start well the so we, here's another game which i don't want to come up with another idea for a podcast but because there's there aren't that many podcasts no, right? there's only okay. five <laughs> us mark maron uh wait wait don't tell me and uh, uh a horror movie one which is you great. forgot yeah. singles only, yeah, you forgot singles singles only. only and, uh, well so we, we played a game of if, if you have to pick one album from each decade 60s mm. 70s 80s oh, 90s yeah. 2000s and 2010s yeah it's i don't want to get sidetracked but i think that david bazan album phoenix might be my 2010s record Ooh. because and it came out last year so during the 2010s you made this album page line yeah because yeah, yeah. the record that, that's just the first song if you're if you're haven't gotten into them the whole mm-hmm. record is just lyrically front to back like it's great devastatingly good yeah i i saw them in concert in phoenix last week and they were uh early on the bill uh, they were like second, like at two o'clock. It's it's eighty degrees, and oh, I didn't know that's not a particularly good slot yeah, for them, is it? But they started their set with this song, yeah. And I was walking into the uh, into the 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 place, and I started here. I'm like, oh, they started. I was like, what, what stage are they on? And then you can hear, I'm yeah, like, there yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, I was right up front because I had VIP, no big deal. And um, Paul inside, very important. Well, I Paul, per- <laughs> I was performing at the oh, show, that's right. and uh, so uh, I got so to it's see you, it. Matt Pinfield, Kurt Loder. <laughs> You just, dude, you boomered us right now. You're like, all watching. <laughs> everyone's gonna. Google that was amazing. Loader and uh, and uh, nobody else was getting into him really. And I didn't know he talked about being from this the yeah. Phoenix. And did I they all like, go crazy when he says Valley of the Sun? Like when the Alkaline no. Trio do a Chicago reference, everyone at the shows were like, Rah! "It's so funny because they were so this this uh, innings festival which I was at is." People, Phoenix is not known for their music industry. Even anytime they opened a, a new venue, like 200-ish size thing, it would never work. Wow. But I saw the Elkline Trio at like an airplane hangar. It was like the <laughs> least fun place ever to watch a show. Because they were landing planes. It was so crazy. But they were. But all those people were there early because they're like, oh, we paid to see Weezer. Or we paid to see uh, Dave Matthews was the headliner. So all these people are like, they love music. But then you see them, you could see their faces be like, oh, this is good. But yeah. he's kind of boring. You know, it's a mellow yeah, for a festival. It's you know? definitely like a sort of a you're there to see him because you dig him. He's yeah. probably not gonna knock your socks off if you're yeah. not if you're there to see Dave. It's Matthews. not a performance yeah. based thing. He's not going crazy. Yeah, right. Uh, he didn't move from his spot, no. and I didn't know he played bass. And he sang. he plays bass with a pick too. Yeah. That's the wild. And actually, it makes complete sense once you see it. You're like, that's why the record sounds that way. Yeah. Like you know. So I was reading three piece. Band. I don't know what I was reading or something. They were talking about how hard it is to sing and play an instrument at the same time. Yeah. Blow my mind. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, bass is really hard. Yeah. I, I can sing and play guitar. Huh. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'd love well hearing Well, set me up for that. <laughs> but I, I just thought, oh, piece of cake. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't do either, so I'll try to do both. That's my, love, my take on it. I just love the idea of yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's hard to play. Yeah. And it's, what's harder, drums and singing or... <sighs> I think guitarists Guitar would think singing. drums is a lot harder. I would think so. But and bass too. I, th- I think anything. I think it's almost like a separate instrument in and of itself. So like, wild. like you put the two together, and that's almost just like its own instrument. There, that that you have to learn how to yeah. do. Yeah. There's some people who could kind of play lead, like licks on guitar yeah. and sing. Like yep. I know Big Ed Todd does that, yeah. and you just watch him, and you're like, how the? F-? It's a different I mean, mindset. Have you ever heard where they isolated Courtney Love's guitar? 
apparently she like pissed off a sound engineer, so he isolated her guitar oh, from dear. the show. I think she just likes to have the guitar. Yeah, and she's not. Oh, they just great at it. Out. And it was just like it was brrr, it was playing <laughs> and the whole time. And they're like, here's what it yeah. sounds like with her playing on stage. I think she just likes to have it on stage. That's a, a prop, kind of a bit of a prop. Yeah, I mean, kind of on her list of problems, that's pretty low though. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like I mean, it's like Courtney. Killing, Love. It's like Courtney Love Cobain also. And, no, I'm just kidding. Back, like with with like with politicians back in the day, like they screamed or said something wrong it's like you're out of the race right. and now it's like you know, right. they can do it's whatever okay. yeah, uh, yeah. but the, but the same thing with Cor- will, will anybody be shocked that they just turn Courtney Love's yeah. guitar down and the, oh no I thought she was Jimi Hendrix no, no. yeah right it's like <laughs> I thought she was so amazing it's like nah we had to turn old Courtney's we guitar down we figured it out um, yeah it, it is amazing that he he can play those bass yeah. lines and sing he is using a pick, but he's not. He's kind of like picking. He's not like strumming. No, it's all, he up picks a lot too. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. I was fascinated by that. And it was a three piece band, yeah. and they're, they've got all this shit going the, on. The guitar oh, they is have, really good. The guitar player is killer, and I love his his tone is great. I guess the way he records too is he demos everything, all the parts, drums, yeah. bass, guitar, gives them to the musicians, and then, and then they, they sort of learn them and and, and personalize yeah. them. So um, it's, it's it's cool to see a three piece that can produce that much music with their bassist singer. Yep, you haven't seen that since one of the greatest. Bands oh God, of all here time. we go. We're already going there. The Police. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. I prefer the early Sting solo work. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Sting with an orchestra doing I some of his. Back. I think you'd have my back. I saw Sting with an orchestra doing some of his greatest hits, and it was just like <laughs> I didn't know you could sell out. He wrote that a musical hard. about a ship. Yeah. Listen, oh, he was solo. singing "Light of What Is This um, Light of Ray or Grain of Ray or something? Oh, dream of Rain. What is that song? <laughs> oh, oh, with the desert. singer, with oh, the wailing singer. He yeah. had desert whole, thing. Oh, desert. It's called rain. a Cadillac commercial, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, but then he also was like, "I'll get the most boring like desert orchestra song. background with me," and it was just like, "Who is this a rose. for?" Yeah. I'm desert sure. Rose. I'm sure sitting desert on his uh, billion dollar estate. In oh it, my you God. know, he's, listen, I'm not defending. When is enough enough? Sing. <laughs> When it's is not. enough enough? Like I was watching, there's a there's a Mountain Dew commercial. Does this happen every podcast? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a new Mountain Dew commercial with the guy from Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like dressed up like a like like one of the 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 sisters from The Shining, and yeah. they're not twins. Brian Cranston. Sisters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, don't you have enough money? Like how the fuck? He's like, actually an interesting character. I read his autobiography. Well, he kind of do you know care. him? Ask him why <laughs> he did this I commercial. Do after his book. Yeah, I agree with you. That like, was like look, there's commercials that Paul and I get mad to not get. I would be mad if I didn't get that commercial because yeah. I want that money. And he's got Malcolm in the Middle money, he's too. He's got Malcolm in the Middle money. Yeah. That's all he needs. It's syndicated. He's set. But this guy is sitting there. He thought it was... He thought it was you uh, should write creative. an angry letter, I, I think. I mean, I see it sometimes, and I'm like, like Julia Louise Dreyfus was doing like frozen food commercials like oh, back yeah. in the day. I'm like, you're... Well, so rich. What are you doing? Oscar got the State Farm thing for uh, the NCAA with the when he moved when Chris Paul moved. That was one that they were they were targeted here in Chicago, and, yeah. and they were looking for a Middle Eastern guy. <sighs> and I I got a call back, and I was like, I go look. I know I'm not going to get it, but the other three guys that were always I always see. I'm like, one of these guys will get it, and then he'll be out of the system. And, and then, then you're I'm in. up a notch. No, yeah. Yeah. But then Oscar comes the, in the ecosystem, like, Middle Eastern, yeah. But you know what? We've talked enough about commercials, Paul. Let's hammer down and get back on this podcast. <laughs> oh, morning well radio. Done. Speaking of hammering down, what's next, Marty? Uh, we've got, uh, oddly enough, hammer down, if we haven't hammered this segue into your fucking brain enough, uh, by the Magnolia Electric Company, a band that I was unfamiliar with. And uh, Likewise. This is, this is cool, man. This is pretty cool. Let's check out a little bit of it, and then let's talk about hammer down.
gave us this mix, I've listened to this song maybe five times. Yeah. Sounds like Jay Farrar from the Sunbolt from Sunbolt. A little bit, yeah. Uncle Two Blow genre. I tried to Google them and and it got a little it, it got kind of confusing. <laughs> Is it the band or the album? Right. This was produced by Steve Albini. Yeah, right? I, I, okay. I think so. It sounds like it. And they recorded a bunch of stuff there. Um, so it's a weird, it's a twisted tale. Um, their lead singer was a guy named Jason Molina, who actually died 2013, oh, no. drank himself to death. Um, uh, and there was also a bad part of it. No. Um, uh, <laughs> but he started a band in the 90s called Songs Ohio, which oh, you probably yeah. saw if you Googled seen, it. I saw them at South so, by Southwest. So he, he, um, he was the lead singer of that band. It was really him and kind of a bunch of rotating cast of musicians. They recorded a bunch. He lived in Chicago for a little while. Um, and then they made a record called Magnolia Electric Company. And then he changed the name of the band to Magnolia Electric Company oh. and put out maybe like five or six records after that, then completely fell apart. Um, but he is like, uh, he's an incredible lyricist and he's got like sort of a Neil Young kind of twang to yeah. his voice. His band has a bunch of Chicago connections because he lived here um, and he recorded at Electrical, like a, a bunch of records were done Electrical, there. Electrical Steve Albini yeah. studio. And he was yeah. also just like, he's like so productive before he fell apart. He was like, like Ryan Adams on meth productive type. Wow. Can we still say that? Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. I did. Yeah. Um, no, I books, mean, right. <laughs> I mean, he, we haven't canceled them here yet. He, we, yeah. Right. Uh, he would put out a record a year or more or like a box set, you know, for almost a decade. It felt like just super um, prolific. Yeah. And there's an acoustic tail. version of that song on the album. Ooh. What comes after the blues that oh. is like super stripped down. That's definitely worth checking out. Um, uh, and he's also, I think, was originally on the same label as Will Oldham as well, okay. um, as Bonnie Prince Billy. Yeah. So, uh, and at very same time as all that, you know, Uncle Tupelo, like, there's all that yeah, stuff was going yeah, on in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, Songs Ohio. I remember them because yeah. uh, we had an artist that I was managing at uh, South by Southwest, and I went to watch him. Was that early two thousands? It was two thousand three. Yeah. Who was that? Uh, Dan Dare. Oh, that, nice. And so uh, I went and I was like, "This guy's good. We're trying to get on the same." I remember there was like a business aspect to it too. Sure. But then I was like, "Oh yeah, this guy's really good." Yeah, and that was right as he was. I think oh three is when he put out the record Magnolia Electric Company. So he was. Uh, and that 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 album was one of those life changers. Like, yeah. It's, so what? Is, why is this on your mix? Is it because you 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 see yourself drowning yourself in alcohol mm, in a couple mm. of years? Or, or well, there's no mirror here. So. <laughs> right. uh, no, it, I think uh, I think my list is sort of constituted of people I think are like the best songwriters of the last twenty years gotcha. of a certain type of music. Um, and, and he is like one of my all timers. Like, I think he's a, cr- a, a guy who's not a household name who mm-hmm. just like, whose influence you'll see him. Like, what's that band? Finger 11. Yeah. The or did Christian I just make band? that no, name? No, that's a band. Did I just Finger make that name up? Finger 11 is a band. It is. Okay. Yeah. Christian rock, right? No, no. Maybe Creedish Christian. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. What song are you thinking of? Well, no, no, uh, I'm not did trying. I'm trying song? not to. Where are you going with this? <laughs> Let me tell you. If I did <laughs> But God damn it. Man. That's right? good. Wait, do it again. If I did that. Oh, if I did that. Yes, that's Terrorizer. No, no, no. Is that the song? No. I, I read no. an interview with that guy where he cited Jason Molina as his favorite songwriter. So even like Isn't bands that like. so wild? Where like, you see, like I, I was reading, I was watching something. Oh, no. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish when they accepted who, their wait, who? Hootie T? and the Blowfish. <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish. You might have heard of them. Uh, they got bumped out of Paul's Top 100 with your song. Oh, but man. when they were giving when they were giving their acceptance speech, he was like, "The Darius Records, like, if there was no REM, there would be no Hootie and the you're, Blowfish." You're like, it's like, wow. What the? Well, they, they, yeah. 
Yeah. It's yeah. more like, I guess it's more like the idea of like a songwriter, songwriter, you know, like no people sure. don't know, don't necessarily know who he is, but he's influenced a bunch of people that you. Is this kind of your wheelhouse? This like singer songwriter kind of a, what would you call it? It's like Americana I, sort I, of. I guess. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'd settle yeah. maybe. Um, but I, I'm, I think he's also just a phenomenal lyricist. Like, and, the, and the steel pedal. Yes. The, the, the sucker for that the, shit. Jesus Christ. It yeah. just, it just, you can feel the pain. I was like, holy yeah. shit. Fingers Eleven is a Canadian <laughs> yeah. rock band. Yeah, uh, on Wind Up. Right, yeah, Wind Up. Oh, which it's on Wind Up, which is a Christian uh, ish, Are whatever. They? Okay. Uh, so I was kind of right. What's we're their do, big songs? I, ca- I can't tell if it's Paralyzer. One thing. One, one thing. thing. That's, that's it. it. And the oh. day, day. Oh. 2003. Yeah. Oh, I believe that was there was a wrestling <laughs> vignette that had that playing. Like somebody was working their way back from so an I injury. So what, what might Finger Eleven mean? I think it's the penis. I think it's the the, oh, the eleventh you, finger. Is, is is that it? I mean, it's I pretty over so. the head, but certainly opened up the. It's Canadian. The, um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I wonder, and I, I'm sure there are, and I know there. Are, I think we've talked about it on the podcast. There, there was recently somebody who sort of got outed as being a, a creepy dude who was in a Christian. Yeah. I think like a Christian punk band. I or thought something. that was a Christian. Uh, comedian, you're talking about that too. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. A, a really famous Christian comedian got so out. So you're saying sometimes a, that a whole thing post. is not on level. Yes, <laughs> but it's got to be such a weird thing if you are, uh, and not just I guess just trapped in a, a band that's like oh we're a Christian band. Just right. being in a band you don't like, yeah, but right. you're like this pays the bills. Um, which I'm sure anybody on your list could be like, okay, if I needed to, I could write yeah. a, a song that somebody like yeah. a Katy Perry or something like that could, yeah. and that you know that's. That's a route. That Sometimes they do. Like it's Dan, a road Dan Wilson someone, from Semisonic. You know? yeah. Dude, the king. His yeah. Twitter bio says, I probably wrote that song you're sick of hearing. Is that right? So crazy. Yeah. yeah. Are we you... mentioned him a lot on this podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he's, he's prolific. He's and, written But his songs are so good. I mean, they're catchy yep. as fuck. Yep. What can you yeah. say? He's got a trick, you know? Yeah. He's got a, he's got a system down. Yep. But He has a secret soul also, which he wrote about. <laughs> secret uh, smile. Secret smile. Oh, let's rewind it and take it from the top. <laughs> Paul, you did that great intro. I'd hate to have you have to do it again. I'm coughing again. Yeah, yeah what, what what might that be about? It's from coffee. Relax. Um, also, the uh, the uh, thing I w- I'm curious about with uh, this studio is or this album is if how many great albums were produced at elect like oh, yeah. they should just do a documentary yeah. on those walls. Like if these walls could talk, yeah. that's already a documentary. Oh, is there? Yeah, about uh, women and uh oh, well, overcoming all right then we'll things. call it you can't call it that great <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll call it uh i'll see the ambulance came right we said that the uh if we can call it that this studio says the following or simon says studio <laughs> says you're really married to this if these walls could talk wow. i understand stop digging i we do like when sometimes walls movie titles are just like we don't care we're just what would steve albini anyway. call it yeah i don't think he would be the most accessible person for a documentary he seems like he's not the most fun for a document i know he's fun okay you're gonna go i met him in real life he's the funnest dude no i i wouldn't let he's at laughing he's grumpy he wouldn't let dave Grohl go in in one of his rooms he's grumpy never did you watch that sonic highway with the food finders yeah yeah can't get it on hbo go it's unavailable (laughs) i didn't what about me tv me tv maybe i hate it you guys shit on i wanted to watch it but news radio is on right now i wanted to watch it Po- you keep poking me with this. Oh, Sound City. That was a fun documentary. Where <laughs> he, missed, he missed it. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to. I was going to launch into a great. Have you seen the documentary for Sound City? Yes. And then at the end, how they're like, don't worry. Dave Grohl bought it and hid it in his garage. The, all the equipment that made it sound so good. It's like, well, that doesn't really What is he? What's What equipment did he have? Did they're he just have like, there's boards? this legendary room. And yeah, they're like, I don't know what it is, but sound it just City. sounds yeah. so oh, good. Right, right, and right. it's something about this place and the acoustics and everything. And 
the board. It's like it's the last of its kind. What it's is so that amazing. board called? That the three of them. There's one. There the was SSL one or the <clears throat> Neve? No. Neve. Neve. The Neve. 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 The Neve. Neve. With the nine, yeah. Yeah. That. Uh. There was somebody that had one in Chicago, and I remember there was like a bidding war for a while. Oh yeah. I represented one of the people. W- was it at Gravity? Uh, it was at Gravity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, Look Alive was mixed on that board. Believe it or no not. No way. Before on they the sold it. Yeah, that was oh, like one so of the that, last records. So mixed the Neve board is like this phenomenal there, there's not a lot left no. in, the, in the world please explain because i'm a music insider so i know but there might be people <laughs> actually i'll have joe explain because he used it well no it's um it, it's a particular brand of board i think that probably maybe was made in the 60s and 70s for 70s, 70s for sure and I, I always see those and i go how do you know what every one of those you can look at it it looks like you don't you yeah, just pretend right? there's yeah. two that there's the volume knob i like when they move on their own when the yeah. song's playing and oh, they start yeah, moving yeah, yeah. So that's cool. an ssl um but i think that board that was a gravity had some connection to steely dan like maybe asia was recorded Recorded on, I don't know. It was a fit. It well, had a, a band it had a, Asia recorded on it, no. right? It had a lineage uh, um, to it. Then it was. I don't know where it went, but uh, it was. He sold it at some point. He did sell it. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Doug McBride yep. uh, at Gravity Studios, one of the best studios in in Chicago. They, he's still doing mastering work, I yeah. think, and mixing for stuff. But he, uh, he also mastered the live. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, of course. Okay. Of course. So enough poking around back here. I, this is the second try, Marty. There you For go. those of you who don't know, Marty runs the music now because I run the soundboard here. <laughs> the soundboard here, aka my phone. How it's do those dials the, work? It's called the sieve. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But and sometimes uh, I'm look. I'm getting the next song ready to go, or I'm thinking about something <laughs> super funny and charming to say, and then Paul will say something, and then just look at me, and I'm like, I missed your, I missed, I, I missed your segue. Because okay. I, when I used to do it, all those notifications would go off on yes. my phone, and we'd fuck it. And he would so, always go, it's not my phone. Bing, bing. And I'm like, Paul, you got to turn everything off. Okay. So speaking of poking me, yeah. what's the next? What's the next uh... Uh, frightened rabbit. Now, here's what I'm going to do next time. <laughs> just do just do a dumb segue. Here's what I'm going to hit you with next time. Do a segue. Uh, speaking of Neve. I'm just gonna play. And again, this isn't like I thought it'd be like. No, 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 no. It's just very nice. It's me. This is uh... my iris. Why can't I cry about this? Maybe there is something that you know that I don't. We brand new language. Communicate through pursed lips. You try not to put on any sexy clothes or graces. I might never catch a mouse and present it in my mouth to make you feel you're with someone who deserves to be with you. But there's one thing we've got going and it's the only thing worth knowing. It's got lots to do with magnets and the pool so of the moon. Poke Frightened Rabbit. Um, I, you know, this is, it's funny you said that, Marty, because that, I did like this song, but it was the only one that didn't expand to my list or wasn't already on it. But I do like it. And he, he's got like this, uh, I don't want to say like, uh, what's what's the guy's name from uh, Ben Ben Gibbard? Ben Gibbard, Ben yeah. Gibbard from sure. Death Cab. I feel yeah. like it has that feel to it. But I think it came out about that like late. Oh, it's early. Yeah. Yeah. So what, why is this on the um, said devastating is a word I heard you say? Yeah. Well, first of all, he's another guy who's not with us anymore. Uh, uh, he died a couple years ago, like really young. What's his name? Suicide. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on okay. it. Okay. Uh, lead singer of Frightened Rabbit, though. They're Scottish, I, I want to say. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just uh, the way he sets up the story and the theme of it. Uh, you know, if you listen all the way through, you get the last line of it is something like, 
I hate how I, f- it's a, basically a breakup song about breaking mm-hmm. up with somebody and love breakup songs. Yeah. Right. There's, I, there's one or two, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, there but, should be more. Yeah. Right. The last line is something like, I hate how I feel, but I never hated you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, Damn. everything is a build up to just this perfect line. Um, and, and that there's stuff like that scattered, like throughout the whole, the whole thing, just line after line of like that capture, like kind of what you're talking about, break, like the ambiguity of breaking up with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, just a perfect song. Lyrically. I feel like that uh, Scott Hutchison is his name. That, there you go. And uh, I feel like, you know, I've never been in a serious relationship, but the songs that I, I, I tend to like a lot are about bad, devastating breakups. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, you, you did look alive after yeah. a, a horrible yep. uh, uh, divorce or whatever you want to call it. You, you're open about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Uh, do you think that <laughs> my the, wife knows about it? Yeah. <laughs> is she aware? Yeah. Well, yeah right. I, I just, I was like, we're not, we're not, breaking new ground yeah. here but uh i feel like those are the songs that like you know that sort of pain yeah. or, or loss yeah. you know or david bazan like walking away from church that was part of his life i feel yeah. like that's where the real art shit happens yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely I mean, a, that's kind of, an aspect no, of art that i connect with for sure yeah why do you like the breakup songs Oh, man. I mean, usually the ones that I really hold near and dear are breakup songs that I listen to during a breakup. Yeah, right. Um, but I can appreciate just like one of my one of my all time favorite songs. And I listened to it as a kid is a Rolling Stones song called The Worst that Keith Richards sings. Oh, nice. And it's just like he's just saying, like, you could do so much better than me. Yeah. I'm the worst. You don't need to be around me. And I've always like like Bob Dylan, don't think twice. It's yeah. all right. Like, oh, that, that's a perfect song. I don't know why I've always been drawn towards not just you broke my heart, yeah. but more like I'm no good for you, baby. Yeah, right. I'm a bad boy. I almost put that. I almost put don't think twice. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you guys have had that a couple times. No, no, yeah. Yeah. really. No, not man. even the Mike Ness remix. Not even. Or re, re, uh, that's re-imagining. that's hard to believe, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> So, cheating at Solitaire off but, his album. Great line. Great name for an album. But that, Solitude Solitaire by Peter Cetera? No, no, no. Oh. Mike Ness has an album called Cheating at Solitaire oh, of all just that, covers. That is. That is. And he does Don't Think Twice So Right. Real, um, real rockabilly. But that's, I think that's a great comparison to that song, mm-hmm. Poke, because that song has that same ambiguity where it's like from one line to the next, he's like kind of saying something completely different about it, yeah. right? You know, and, and, that's an that song is so economic too, economical in terms of how he wrote it. Like, and he was like twenty. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, it's like every single, and this is a Dylan thing. He's got a lot of words in his songs, but they're all there for a reason. Everything it's like makes not, sense. Even mm-hmm. even you know, and 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 that's like, and they're all that. Yeah, they so, are. So, uh, as a as a musician, yeah. are there times where you hear a song and you're like, "It was fine. You didn't have to add all that extra like bells and you know a, a in mandolin terms of production, in the background." Okay, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess now that I'm thinking about my list too, these are all pretty stripped down mm-hmm. for the most part, especially um, your next one, which yeah, yeah right, oh, yeah. can be That's, done a couple different ways. Wow, that was really yeah. effortless. Oh, right. <laughs> all right, he's an insider. Uh, um, it's good when somebody else then calls attention to the seg- sure. segue, right? Um, I mean, I I think any song that is worth anything can be represented in like the simplest form, sure. stripped down. So I'm always kind of interested to hear it there because I think um, I don't necessarily know if you can ruin it by doing that, but mm-hmm. I think I do think sometimes people add to something when it doesn't it doesn't need to. I mean, we know. all we all grew up watching MTV Unplugged, uh-huh. and I think sometimes that was like, it's whoa, better. it's yeah, it's right. some it, well, a lot of times is better, or just acoustic or something yeah, like absolutely. that. You see somebody on a uh, a late night talk show and they're just doing an yeah. acoustic or something. It's like 100%. Cool. Well, we, you always do the Dickie bear line if you can't do it live, but there is a, if there, there is someone that said, and I don't know who said it. You might know is if you can't play the song, just acoustic 
in the kitchen, then it's not yeah, a good song. I don't know. I, uh, but do you know, I don't a, know who said it, but I, I think it's something it. I used to say uh, to people like when we were producing albums. Yeah. I'd be like, just keep it simple. Yeah. Why are you doing this? There's, There's got to no be a need, reason, especially yeah. if you have like a good song, a good hook, or a good voice. I mean, it's like, dude, you don't need yeah. all this. Get shit. Get it out front, right? Yeah. Speaking yeah. of good voice, good song, good everything. Our next artist here, uh, Will Oldham. I know him as as uh, Bonnie Prince Billy. Sure. What's what's the difference is this like uh, you know he's a he's a strange dude for sure i mean like i've seen some of the movies he's been yeah in. he's an actor too yeah. i was gonna say and like he's a guy who really blurs the line between like is stage per- persona performance art it kind that's a, that's a really good phrase for it and i'm not particularly sure because i'm not like intimately familiar with uh, like his entire work which yeah. is a lot like he's yeah. been recording for 30 years at this point um, he was uh, uh, when Kanye West put out uh, that one song that Zach Galifianakis did the rem- the the video on his farm. Okay, he was in that. Also. Oh, he was. That yeah. was so weird. Yeah, yeah. That uh uh-uh, uh, you can't tell me nothing. That song. Oh, oh, oh Jesus walks maybe. Oh know, no, that wasn't Jesus. Walks. Oh, you know. Anyway, they did a video of that and they were together. You know, the, I'm singing up a storm. I know, the, dude. The, 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 um, the fans are gonna love it. Yeah. So maybe we should just play the song. Then. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> this is uh, this is this is a, a stripped down and slower version of "I See a Darkness" by Will Oldham. I didn't see this on your list was uh, Bon Iver. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that album was very economic in yeah. a sense where, you know, you clearly went into the history of, of him. He, he went into the cabin, cabin and wrote yeah, that right, album. Right. Um, that kind of remind. I mean, obviously not the voice, but just the concept yeah. of keeping it basic and eco- every word has yeah. a fucking meaning. He's a little more like sort of impressionistic, though, I think, in his lyrics. Like, yeah. wh- whereas like, like Will Oldham is like, there's Direct. a story going on here yeah. and it's heavy and and you know um but you, i mean you know also, what he's talking about, also right? from the same period it's you know sort of i would lump him in with a bunch of these artists stylistically for yeah. sure we mentioned before we started recording that uh johnny cash famously yeah. covered this song. i think it's american three or i think four. so yeah but it and and tell the story that so you told yeah me. so will oldham also and i'm gonna forget the name of it has like a book of collected interviews which only furthers this idea that there's some weird performance art sure. shit going on but it's got a lot of great stuff just about like creativity too um yeah and he tells a story of like i guess the original version of the song which is on the bonnie prince billy record yes the, the one with the band that's a little bit faster and the weird video mm-hmm. um had just come out and uh, rick rubin was looking for like songs for johnny cash to sing on these you know on, that album, right. on, on all this whole collection about yeah because yeah. he kind of re re yeah re, uh energized his Ta- career talk with about these. following your the advice of just stripping it down and like yeah. dude like, cash was doing shows in branson 
Right. And he was like, "Is that right?" Yeah. And he's like, what "Like are you on the doing? river boats and shit." No, no. Like Branson, oh. Missouri has just. I mean, it's Shitty like little town. Oh, that's Vegas. where Yakov Smirnoff. Went. Yes. Wow. And he and his Yakov wife, Smirnoff. him and June, were just doing shows there. Because when I think of Johnny Cash, yeah, I know. I think, of Yakov. I think like they were doing like three shows a day. He oh was exhausted, God. and he yeah. was like, "What are you doing?" And he yeah. was just like. Just trying to pay the bills, and he's like, "Let's do an album." And he's yeah. like, "You want to do an album?" He got dropped from his record yeah, label. Yeah, right. and, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And it, it Rick was Rubin yeah, fucking so, and, and, and Rick Rubin was like, "Let's just we're just going to basically do it with you and a yep. couple little embellishments." Yep. And so he uh, he found he knew he wanted. I guess Rick Rubin was turned on to the Bonnie Prince Billy record, and he wanted to decided they wanted to do this mm-hmm. song. And he invited um, uh, Will Oldham to come down to the studio the day they were cutting it, like with, with Johnny Cash, and. Uh, at some point, Johnny Cash was having trouble singing it because like he couldn't get the. He was getting older right. too. Yeah, and he, he was. was yeah. He was only a couple of years from death at yeah. that point, and so Rick Rubin was like, "Okay, we'll hold him. Get in the because he calls him by his full name. Clearly, uh, get in the vocal booth and teach Johnny Cash how to sing your song." So fun. So he's like, "Okay," and so like. A week before, like this all happened in like a week. So Wildham finds himself teaching Johnny Cash how to sing his own song. And then as he's teaching him, Rick Rubin's like, you guys sound good singing together. Why don't you just stand there and sing it as a duet? So like that vocal, that voice on the chorus is Will Oldham. Mm -hmm. But it came out of him just like teaching Johnny Cash. It's and, And Johnny Cash's version from like a, like artistic standpoint, vocally is the best version but i love hearing a songwriter just strip the the shit down like yeah, this yeah. and it like lyrically it's another one like you get to the end of the, kind of the punchline um or, or like the end of the story with with the lyrics and it's just like you know he's been talking basically about this is my take um being out with a buddy and trying to figure out how to talk about him to him about the fact that he's depressed and maybe suicidal like mm-hmm. and it, but it's cloaked like you don't realize that sort of unless you pay attention you just think it's about I don't know, not that, but yeah, like the video. Go out of your way to watch the video. Yeah, it's yeah. outstanding. The Will Oldman video. Yeah, the yeah. Bonnie Bonnie, Bonnie Prince Billy. Billy. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's something else. Yeah, right. Marty watches all the videos on the stuff. He's he's again VH1 would be. Uh, this, no, this would have been right 120 now. minutes if we went in the time machine. This would have been on 120 <laughs> no. minutes. Maybe the buzz me? bin. Maybe the buzz bin. This is not a VH1 song. <laughs> the buzz bin. This you would are. currently be on. VH, if VH1 was out right, it still has existence, I assume. Yeah, it's been think, changed to some other name. They or no? might play videos in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's like, Maybe. that's all. Have you guys uh, heard of this thing called YouTube that has videos? Yeah, that's then, what he does. Apparently the number one leader in videos now. <laughs> no, but I, I, Whenever I, I watch a video on YouTube and it's got over like 2 million, I go, mm, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> I feel like uh, they just, yeah, I think there's. You never know with videos and my new game show. I would play you a video on YouTube and I would go, how many, oh, how many number of hits do you think yeah. this has? There's so many that have like, I mean, there's some that have just like, oh, 400 million. Yeah. And you're like, wow, people really like Buddy Holly by Weezer. But it's wild. Yeah. And then some of them are paid for clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I feel like are. Weezer, uh, I, they were at that same concert yeah. I was at. And I, and it was funny watching them. And uh, just like, I feel like, they, I don't know if they're making fun of themselves. <laughs> it's so, so fucking yeah. weird. They've blurred the line quite a bit. And with the covers that they did, like people were going apeshit for Toto. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they did another one too off that new album. I, that was the same concert I was at. Same stage, Page of the Line was at like three hours before. And it was just wild watching all these people just eat it up. Yeah, young, younger people too, right? And older people yeah. too. Like yeah. uh, They seemed like, I, I don't know. Like they seemed, you, uh, Weezer seems to be like, um, like, not I don't know if critique proof critique proof they just seem like they can do whatever everyone's yeah. like eh, it's just he's Weezer. a super bright Rivers guy yeah, yeah. super they seem to be darling guy, right? still like they still yeah. have all that yep. all that credit with old music 
you know, Blue writers album, and stuff like that. Album, and then, yeah. I mean, the new stuff is just. What was the second one? Pinkerton? The weird yeah. one? Pinkerton. Pinkerton. The one that everyone hates. Well, they I hated it first. kind of cool. They hated it but for a really while. And now they're like, God, yeah. people really love it. I mean, it's just weird to like go 180 degrees and like make something that sounds like that. Like, yeah. Like just a, a, a little while back, they're like, all right, we'll play the whole thing in concert. Yeah. But because for a while they were like, we don't like that album. They didn't play anything at, the, at this album or at this concert I was at. But uh, it was funny that. I was like, we were, they were the last band of the night, and that place where I was doing this, going to the show, it's a small, it's Phoenix or Tempe. They were not ready for a festival that big. So yeah. my friends and I were like, we got to get an Uber out of here. So it's not, the night before, it was like $200. So mm-hmm. uh, for like a five minute ride. So uh, I'm like, I just want to hear saying, and so, and yeah. then I was like, they're not going to play it next. They're not going to play it next. But every fucking song it's they played was a hit. It's a lot of hits, man. Hit. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they, have a ca- they have a catalog. It's when, almost like The Cure. Like, in a weird way, we saw The Cure at Lollapalooza, and I like the first concert. eight songs were all, all their hits. hits. I was like, I mean, I know that. Mm-hmm. I love them. But like, that's incredible. Like, they seemed like they were good for, I think like bands like The Cure would put out a new album pretty frequently. It's kind of like REM too. You're like, oh yeah, you've got a bunch of hit songs. Right. And I don't. I really was like two on every record, and you have two seven on every record. Yeah. You put out yeah. you record every two years or something yeah. like that. And then and a greatest hits up. album. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. But, but that's funny. I br- I bring that up at concert again because it's funny that the next the last song you have on here, um, an amazing artist, Jason Isbell, cover me up, was playing on the other stage. <sighs> At the same festival. No, at the same festival I was at as Page of the Lion, and uh, nobody would go over with me to go watch him because they're like, oh, we're just comfortable here. It's like free beers and everything like this. There are a bunch of like well, baseball players, that former baseball players and, and guys who are just like, they're just having fun and they're waiting for Weezer. And I'm like, I need to go yeah. see this band because he was the one shining thing that I, there was three bands I wanted to see, Strand of Oak, which oh, cool. I also saw. Yeah. I've seen them before. Page of the Lion and this band, uh, Jason Isbell, which... You wrap up with uh, Cover Me Up. Sure sounds like Norwegian Wood, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I think he's Have you written a that. song and you went, fuck, that's uh, that song. Oh, yeah. I love it. Every, every song I write is Don't Think Twice. Yeah. Keep saying on the gun, you can't trust anyone. I was so sure what I needed. Days when we raised, we flew I'm so glad I, I never had seen him and yeah. uh, I was by myself in the front watching him and I was and th- he played this song uh, singing that song he sounds I mean if you think it sounds good on record in person Why? when he goes up to that thing it's like it's dust. dude. He amazing. he is so amazing, and he's a good like he's just a good stage pers- yeah, persona. Very and uh, he just, cr- I mean, it was so cool. And uh, and there were so many songs he played that I I knew, but I didn't know. Like I knew them, but I, I don't have them. But it's funny. Um, this song and Yellow Bike, beginning and end. <laughs> when I when I um, when I heard these songs, there's certain things I do. And I wonder if you do the same thing. I, di- I dissect the songs that I'm like obsessed with. Sure. And uh, when I heard Yellow Bike and I heard this song, this one not so much because it's easier, but like Yellow Bike, I go home, I learn how to play it on guitar, then I learn the bass line, then I learn the drums, and then I get the lyrics, and then I go and play it myself. It's like you're in the DNA of the song or something. Yeah, and yeah. And, I, and, and maybe like five times a year I get obsessed with a song like that. Yellow Bike was one. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers, oh. I did that as Which well. Which song? 
the emotional, the, the Ryan Adams song. Oh. Emotional. <laughs> uh, what is it called? Emotional. I thought about putting her song uh, Killer uh, on this, That's which is like too. another one lyrically that just. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have any women singers on this. Uh, Cancelled. I, uh, <laughs> I actually had. The, so you want to know the two last? No. Yeah. The, yeah, I, tell us what didn't make the Well, cut. so there, I, had we'll a, I had a Sharon Van Etten song oh, on there yeah. as well, wh- whom I love, uh, and I, I had Phoebe Bridges' song. And then before I, I decided to sort of limit it to 2000 and after at some point, just mm-hmm. stylistically, um, I thought about putting a Joni Mitchell song on there just because if I was going to go back, because she's, she's the, the best, the best. Yeah, um, yeah. But then I just went with all guys and all white guys. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever speaks to your heart. Speaks <laughs> yeah. to your heart. You should. So why is this? Because they need a lift. Yeah. <laughs> why is uh, this song of all the Jason Isbell songs? Um, I guess that record. So that record came out, I think, in 2013. That's on Southeastern. Yeah. Um, so he was what, what he was in Drive by Truckers before mm-hmm. that, um, which is crazy to think that like Patterson Hood was like the second best songwriter in that band, possibly. Well, Jason Who's Isbell Patterson was there. Hood, he's he's the current, the current lead singer. Oh, okay. And great songwriter. Like their new record is incredible, I think. Um uh, but like they were both in the same ba- that same band at the same time. Like what the hell? Pretty um, cool. Yeah. It's almost like a football team that loses a quarterback yeah. and then they have a great yeah. quarterback ready to go. It was like they didn't really miss a step. They I mean, they seem to know what they're doing. Yes, they seem like <laughs> um, they figured systems, it out. He's a system. So, so I guess he basically got kicked out of that band. I think it's for for, for a drinking problem, yeah. or that was part of it. And um, he went solo, or, or he went with his band, the Four Hundred Unit. Um, and they'd put out a couple records. And I think he sort of hit a real bad patch with that and he got himself clean. And I think this was the first record he did after he, he sobered up. And like, it's also the first one he did with Dave Cobb, I think down in Nashville, who's now won every country Grammy. He did the, the uh, who's the guy that won country record? Lil Nas X. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brad Paisley. Uh, no, Chris Stapleton. Oh, yes. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so, but Dave Cobb does every single like thing. Produces. With, not yeah. Produces and right. owns a studio down there and it's great. Um, uh, and like all the Sturgill Simpson stuff and mm-hmm. all that really good stuff coming out of there. Um, but like I, uh, this was like the first record he did clean with Dave Cobb. And and also, I think he sang most of the vocals live on this. Like they stopped comping his vocals. So for the most part. So there's like this kind of brutal edge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like it's another one that record that like just front to back, like every single song on that album is just incredible. There's 11 or 12 songs. And it's so- he was sober on this one? Yes, he was. That's funny because like right usually when met his wife too, people do that, they, they suck if they're sober. There's a dip. <laughs> what are you saying about me? No, no, no. I, I, I do that joke about the Molly Crew album. I think <laughs> you and I were on that show on Tuesday and, and, and people, a couple people got mad um, where I say Molly Crew, Dr. Feelgood album. That was when they went sober. I'm like, yeah, eh, here's some Coke. Try again. It's like yeah. a joke I do right, on right. stage. But it's true. Like. It's cool that this one worked out. Yeah. Um, I know when Ryan Adams got sober, yeah. that album was okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's a, a sw- probably a, just a transition for a lot of them because they've been making... It takes a couple albums. Yeah, if they've been making music stride. a certain way for yeah. a long time, like, of course, if you change something up that's that, you know, large scale, it's... Um, but he's like... There's... The other song I thought about putting from this record, it was the song Elephant, which is sort of the first song I heard by him yeah. that, like, just, like... I thought, holy shit, like, what is this? I've never heard anybody write about, like, cancer or, like, the way he writes about the things are just, it's amazing. He, uh, live was... Yeah. I, we, mean, I saw him at Fitzgerald, solo acoustic. Like, really? Like, two years ago. Like, and it was incredible. I want to see him more now after seeing him at that fest because I was, yeah. like, I just felt like... I, Seeing a concert in a festival is really—it's yeah, not, not great. It's not the best uh, situation. But I saw him with a band at the Chicago Theater, and that was—he was really good. Um, his band is very good too. 
the the song that I really liked from him was with the 400 unit uh, was Hope Hope the High Road. Hope the High I know Road. that got it's off Nashville sound. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, uh, 2017. But that was one of those ones where I was like, I dissected the song. Yeah, and, it's, a, and, it's a great song. And all those songs that you dissect goes back to what we talked about keeping it simple. Um, you know, they're just the same. You know, the the four three or four chord progressions. Yeah. And they just uh, they had like a little twist on the hook, and it's like boom. He wrote a and couple of lyrics. songs in *A Star Is Born* too. Like he wrote the um, Bradley Cooper's uh, the one his his hit that before he meets Lady Gaga. I can't remember what it's called. That's that, what, that always blows me away in a movie where it's like you need to write yeah. a song that would be a hit song. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Yeah, I think that's adjacent as both. Like okay. he wrote it for that. Yeah, right. How do you like, do that? Like oh, okay. Yeah. Instead of just being like, we're just gonna take these songs and say you wrote it. Like yeah, right. There was that Velvet Gold Mine where it's like basically supposed to be the about David Bowie, David Bowie, yeah. Ziggy Stardust, but he, he didn't sign off on it. So yeah. they had to like write songs <laughs> that sound like they would have been hit songs in the seventies. Yeah, like right. what a what a. It's kind of a fun trick. Like it I really is. I know with. Uh, Jason Isbell too he's a he has a lot of great things to say about just the sort of blue collar crass like if you just get up and write a song and Mm -hmm. sometimes it sucks and sometimes it doesn't he's like you know um like electricians don't get electricians block (laughs) they just go to work and just go to work so like writer's block I was reading a book and then uh, some writer was like uh they're like what like you're about his writing strategy or something and he's just like uh, I just sit down at my table every morning when I wake up for two hours. And then I'm like, well, when does inspiration hit? And he's like, well, it better be during those two hours. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And it's like, yeah, that's how it goes. So the, the and at the concert, uh, there was the song that I didn't know uh, was Last of My Kind. Oh, that's a good and one. And he, he had his whole band, Marty. And uh, all of a sudden, he, this is a crowd of a, a shit ton of people. Um, thousands of people and then he just does that by himself solo and that's hard to do at a fest to yep. get everyone to shut the fuck up yep. and he did it and uh and i was like okay this guy has fucking control of the yeah. audience mm-hmm. kind of like marty on stage when you see him yeah. have a control of a crowd that's rowdy at a, a stand-up show thanks bud i appreciate amazing it. Oh, man. yeah the bro love yeah i appreciate yeah. that so the songs that didn't make it were uh women yeah, um, <laughs> that's, you, that's where you. That's where you. So sorry, Paul's trying to be controversial. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's his new thing. Um, also, then the well, just I, uh, the other one I cut last minute was um, um, was uh, something by White Snake. No, um, <laughs> Coverdale. What was the one I had in there that I changed? Ah, uh, shit, I forgot. There's so many emails going back and forth yeah. here. Let me find it. Here uh, I go again. No, yeah. no it was a. <laughs> nice. uh, that's a great That's vocal a great video. That's a great oh, vocal and performance. A great video. <laughs> yeah. It really is a great vocal performance. David Coverdale can get it done. He's good. Those 80s guys can sing. It may not be the best stylistically, but mm. there was one I, that I swapped Poke out for, I think it was. And I can't was it a Frames that. tune? Or? Oh, here. Actually, I swapped out below. I have the one where you swapped out. I, it might have been a Frames song. Yeah. That, um, or a national, I think it was a national tune, maybe. Pink you Rabbits. Said it was, uh, you said it was because it wasn't. Dep- oh yeah, it was uh, Avid Brothers. Oh, no, Avid no Brothers. hard feelings. Oh, that's a great. That's a great song too. Also a- depressing. Another great uh, band live. Yeah, I, I saw them at ACL, and I was like, they can bring it. They they really can bring it. Um, There's also a do- uh, Judd Apatow did a documentary on them. On that's the Brothers, really yeah. good. Um, like also very HBO, like yeah. very honest and sort of like they're religious folk. Yeah. For, uh, 
but also like they show the way a band actually works. So like their cellist is uh, equity in the band because he's also he books all their travel. Oh really? <laughs> like they're like if you're they gonna be if something. you're gonna be yeah they're like it's a it's a company everybody's got job description you know and it's it's pretty cool. They were on Pete Holmes's uh, podcast, another of the five podcasts. Oh, we forgot that one. I did forget about you that made one. It weird. That yeah. is interesting though. Like people because in wrestling, like the referees do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, right. They book flights for people. They yeah. put the ring together. They do all sorts of stuff. I think that's... I was the booker in all the bands. I was at because yeah. that was the part I was really good at, yeah. and then they realized like, why don't you just book the <laughs> shows and not sing and play guitar at the same time? They say that's what you do. It's a callback, Marty. They got you out of there, huh? Nice, um, cool. Yeah, I think we're out of time, Joe. Oh, uh, where can where can people find out more about your amazing music? Um, theAvertBrothers.com. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, JoeGoodkin.com is sort of like the hub for all the different things they do. Um, and then if you check out Joe'sOdyssey.com. Uh, that's, uh, that's right. We didn't talk about. I that. do this like thirty-minute one-man musical retelling of Homer's Odyssey and song, Whoa. which is as as unique as it sounds like. Um, it sounds like if you're not into poetry or uh, Plato and all that crap, it sounds like it'll be bad. But it's actually really cool. Oh, thanks yeah. for I know wow. Marty, Listen I to that endorsement. Marty was like, "What's Plato?" Because he he's from Indiana. It's the they thing don't... you used to eat when. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He doesn't know what Odyssey is. He thinks it's a wrestler from. The or 70s. a boat. The Odyssey <laughs> was actually a restaurant in uh, uh, St. John, Indiana. Greek I believe. Yeah, Greek restaurant. It's the a Odyssey. car. Yeah. It was. For yeah, real. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Odyssey. No, it, you you could also find him on the uh, summer sessions and winter sessions of Shushan. Awesome, uh, awesome man! Thank you guys for having me. Hey, this no problem. Blast. And I'm going to uh, close things off with the uh, the different version of I See a Darkness oh, wow. by uh, Bonnie Prince Billy. There you go. And uh, keep on listening to music. Keep on making mixtapes. Paul, what's that email address? Paul Marty Mix at gmail.com If you want to hit us up. There you go. Thanks, everybody. This is the fast version. This is not the fast version. Hang tight, babies. I'm going to get you. Don't worry. This is the same one. Leave you alone for one second. Here we go, baby. Paul's gone. I'm in control of this podcast. Off the rails.